Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Terrible. You know how in the Grammys when Lady Gaga was performing Shallow from A Star is Born, but like her dance moves seemed to suggest she was performing like this like wild rock song and it was like this country ballad and <laughs> um, she was like out of sync I didn't it? see it, but I'm, I'm guessing you're going to say you were out of sync. That's how I feel. Just like out of sync with how people are. I'm just my rage and my anger. I just feel like I'm performing a rock song in a, in a country, in country ballad boots. world. Okay, well. <laughs> it's the dregs of February. I think we all feel this way. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, we have another special episode with yet another very special guest. Coming up for the second half of the show, we'll have Christina Binkley. Now, we recorded this a few days ago, but we're going to drop it on in. Uh, many of you will know that she's one of our foremost fashion journalists and commentators and a New York Times bestselling author. And since it's New York Fashion Week, we thought she'd be the perfect guest. So stay tuned for our shocking and breathtaking segment. So now on to the elephant in the room. It's been a week since the Bezos AMI news hit. Yeah, like not even a week. Not even a week. Uh, and we've had some time to let it sink in. Yes. So we're not going to talk about the news because I think everybody knows the basics of the story. But we've been contemplating. We've been meditating on this story. And Rachel, you've been uh, you've been way out in front of the analysis of this. We don't just tell you the what of the news. We tell you the why. Right, right. So everyone knows that what happened, the National Enquirer was threatened him to expose these photos. They'd already exposed his affair with Lauren Sanchez. And two theories have emerged as to why this happened. You know, Bezos published the letters between his lawyer and... To expose them. He's not going to let them them. blackmail him. Right. Ultimate BDE move. He was just like... Literally his... (laughs) Literally BDE. He was like, I'm not going to be pushed around by these morons. And so... You know, less than a week later, there are these two theories that have emerged. And, like, I'm finding it really hard to hold them both in my head simultaneously. It's like cognitive dissonance. It's the very essence of cognitive dissonance. Okay, well, usually the the simplest explanation is usually the right one. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So what is the simple, the basic explanation? So the basic explanation is the garden variety affair story. Like, you had... A guy, uh, um, you know, who's having an affair on his wife and a girlfriend who wants his him to break up with his wife. Okay, and so, so she uses a blackmail or she, she says, could, I'm going to do this terrible thing unless you break up with your wife because they say they're going to break up with their wife and they never do. Or she subtly does it. Her brother is, you know, is a person of interest in this whole scandal. His name's Michael Sanchez. He's a very unusual character. He's a... Uh, Gay, Latino, lives in West Hollywood and is like a big Trump supporter and is good friends with Roger Stone oh, and the, Carter all Page. those West Hollywood gay <laughs> it's Trump like supporters. It's like he's like a, you know, a demographic of one. So <laughs> okay, he... the Venn diagram does not intersects <laughs> on Santa Monica Boulevard. Right. Um, okay, so that's the basic explanation and, so and it's that, certainly possible. That he got his sister's cell phone and somehow released this. But how would he get his sister's, like, how would he gain access to right, her phone? Right, do you phone? have access to your sister's cell phone? I don't. I wouldn't know her code. I wouldn't know where to find her phone. Right. So which brings me to theory number two, okay. which is like, so it's either this like minor, small domestic 
micro incident or this massive global conspiracy involving like U.S. intelligence agents, Saudi intelligence, the president of the United States. Well, it's 2019. Everything involves Saudi intelligence and the president of the United it's States. It's like a web. And if you're like, if you're really thinking about this story, you you look like Claire Danes in Homeland, like <laughs> plotting out the like crazy things on your wall. It's enough to make you go insane. Right. It's like There's, the, uh, it's like on CSI, like in a detective show when they have the little index cards pinned to the wall the and, the, and the string and next. <laughs> One exactly. Yes. Now suddenly, Lauren Sanchez is in the as a string she's has a, an index card. She's a, yes, <laughs> and so like the international incident theory involves Saudi spies and the president of the United States seeking retribution for coverage of you know Jamal Khashoggi, the Saudi journalist who worked at the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff. So the Bezos. Washington Post was covering it, and they wanted him to stop covering it. Right, okay. and he had bought um, the Middle East's biggest online marketplace, so they kind of wanted him to tone down his coverage. Wait, this, because this he isn't had shocking in- because it's in the letter, in the extortion letter from AMI's lawyers to Bezos, saying you need to tone down this coverage. It's isn't that it's explicitly well, stated this is not a veiled threat. That's what makes me think, you know, you said like the shortest distance between two lines is usually the right answer, which would be the marital dispute thing. But this makes me think it's the international conspiracy because the thing that AMI wanted in exchange... And AMI is the publisher of the National Enquirer, which is David Pecker. And these are the people who actually paid off Stormy Daniel, Daniels and Gary McDonough right, to the bury catch the story, the catch and kill. Situation. Okay, so these people are... They do. They are not innocent. They have blood on their hands already. Right, and mind you, they have a non-prosecution agreement with the Southern District of New York for cooperating with the Michael Cohen investigation. And all they have to <laughs> so do, of course, Michael Cohen's is, involved in this too. <laughs> so, if in fact there was any malfeasance here, they have broken that. And then David Pecker, this like you know suave New York media publishing magnate, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> can go to jail, he, which he probably, probably will. Because all they had to hope. do was not commit crimes for three years. Right, you had one. One job. <laughs> Don't commit crime. Right. Not to mention international conspiracies involving the world's richest man. Right. Who somehow so, you thought you could outsmart <laughs> with your fucking tabloid. I mean, <laughs> what could possibly what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? So, all they wanted in exchange for not publishing these pictures is for Jeff Bezos to come out and publicly state that this whole thing was not politically motivated, which makes me think it definitely of is. Of course. And how would you can't prove a negative? How could he come out and say, that it wasn't politically motivated, right. right? How would he know? And Trump is like gloating about the story on Twitter, calling him Jeff Bozo the day after. Oh, that's even better the than affair was announced. Yeah. So, and then there's this weird relationship w- between AMI, the National Enquirer publisher, and Saudi Arabia. Um, well, first of all, Bloomberg reported that they're deeply in debt. They have a net- AMI. AMI. They, so they're up against Jeff Bezos, who's the richest man in the world, and this company has a net worth of minus. $203 million. So They've, the New York Times is a failing New York Times and <laughs> the National Enquirer is the, like, the pinnacle of media success. Right. And so they've been courting the Saudis for investment and they just spontaneously, I think you saw this, they published this random 100-page glossy magazine. Right, about Saudi Arabia. I was in Barnes & Noble. This was almost a year ago, I think, and I was going to buy a copy to actually talk about it on the show and I realized I didn't want to pad whoever's pockets that was making this monster thing. 
was on the front page, the front page rack of the Barnes and Noble magazine section. I'm like the first person in a year to go see that, and it's this glossy picture of MBS standing there, and it's like Saudi leading the next millennium, high technology, human rights, like never before. It's like North Korea. It's like Kim Jong Un. Like he's the like deliverance of you know the next the next son of God. And your purchase would have constituted like the only <laughs> revenue that they. Had I could have been indicted. <laughs> I could have been called to testify in Michael Cohen's trial. <laughs> so, or I could have been assassinated like Khashoggi. <laughs> I mean, all don't even this, joke. It's no, possible it's, just for buying a magazine. Yeah, well, that could happen. Anything could happen. happen. Yeah. So, so I just feel like this story has a lot of avenues yet to travel. It is uh, To call it a snake eating its own tail would be generous, would be an insult to snakes. It's a turducken. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, a Saudi wrapped in a Trump, wrapped in a pecker, wrapped in a Bezos. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And it will only get more disgusting as the investigation treads on because Bezos is not backing down. He has enough resources of like you know, he has more resources he than the federal government. He doesn't even have BDE, for all we know, and we're going to see it. He might have a BD. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to find out we, at some point. We may or may not find out. Yeah, and um, I mean, we we already, he he undercut their whole thing by releasing all the descriptions of the pictures that they had. So now we all know what they look like, and we know we don't want to see them. We, yes, so, <laughs> okay. okay, so, so no to no. all of this, we're going to keep you posted. We don't. We normally don't go from, from week to week, because we are not a news podcast. We are we not. We do not feel an obligation to keep you informed and yet if it's amusing we love keeping you informed i mean this is so scandalous and so horrible we must <laughs> we must stay on this story okay you know the only thing that is more timely than the uh, jeff bezos story what valentine's day it's tomorrow. By the time you're tomorrow. hearing this, it will be Valentine's Day. And I have a whole package of stories about romance. Oh. So um, when I think about romance, if you think about walking down the street, what's the one store you think of? Godiva, maybe? Something like that? Godiva or um, Victoria's Secret, Secret, yeah, maybe? maybe. As for me, I think of Starbucks. <laughs> and the reason I think of Starbucks is that they have a great um, marketing gimmick oh. um, going on. And I'll call it a gimmick. I mean, I don't think they would say it's anything but... So it's um, combining two of the things that really in 2019 go great together, um, artificial intelligence and astrology. (laughs) (laughs) Two ends of the scientific spectrum, one of the great (laughs) innovations of our time and something from 2000 years ago based on looking at stars. So what they've done, and uh, they have created an astrological chart that they claim with shocking accuracy based on your star sign, can predict what your favorite Starbucks drink is. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to put that to the test right here, right now. Okay. And uh, you have not seen this thing. No, no. I've seen it, but I can't even see it right now. I want you to tell me what your sign is and what your favorite Starbucks drink is, if you have one. Um, My sign is Aquarius. I just celebrated a birthday. Yes. And my favorite Starbucks drink, I guess I would just say, is a latte. Okay. You know? Aquarius. Oh, my God. (laughs) Starbucks blonde latte. Oh, wow. Have you ever had a blonde latte? No. And you're not a blonde. No. But it's close enough. Two well, out of what three is words. a blonde latte? I don't know. I think it's with like caramel or white chocolate in it or something. Mm, okay. Okay, close, close enough. Yeah. I've got two out of the three. I mean, one of the words is Starbucks, but okay. <laughs> blonde latte, 50%. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's probably better. Okay, so I'm not looking either. Uh, my sign is Sag, Sagittarius, and what I get every day is just a black grande Americano. Okay. And Americano is just 
two shots of espresso with some hot water in it. It drinks like a coffee, but it's got that bold extra espresso. Punch. Take that extra punch. <laughs> okay. So Sagittarius, my drink, I have to turn my head because it's a circle. Oh, very close. It's a mango dragon fruit <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> refresher it's so it's <laughs> nothing, the same thing nothing says february like a mango dragon fruit refresher <laughs> how often have i craved that <laughs> i buy it on the app okay no that's a very quick item i just no, wanted to test Starbucks. it out so 50 50 almost got you and didn't get me but let's keep talking about valentine's day um romance nowadays is complicated it's very people complicated. are swiping there's consent informed consent it's very very difficult uh, I think we need to go back to simpler times. Yes. Um, and we can still use technology, but let's use technology to make things simpler. There is a new device now <laughs> okay. called the Love Sync. Okay. One word, Love Sync. And it is an Amazon Dash button. You know what those are. Like you hit it and you get more Tide Pods. Like it automatically reorders your groceries oh, okay. for you, which is a cool thing, right? It's an Amazon Dash button for horny couples. Okay. And it's for couples that are not comfortable asking for sex. So mostly like monogamous married couples. Like it's not like, hey, honey, do you want to hook up tonight and uh-huh. do something? So what it is is it's two buttons that can be on opposite sides of the house. And if one member of the couple wants to have sex, they push the button uh-huh. and set it for a certain amount of time, like the sex window. Okay. Like I will be ready to have sex for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and if your sex partner also hits it within that amount of time, it's a love connection and you can let the magic begin. It's off to the races. But what if the button or, no, is in a room no, of the no. house where the other person isn't? What if the person Wait, wants to have, have sex answers, but is in I the have office? For everything. <laughs> if you've lost that love and feeling after you decide, you can hold it down for four seconds and it will cancel your sex request. Oh. And that way, if if your partner doesn't want sex, they don't have to actively say no. Your sex window just expires without action. Return to like, sender. It's like, it's like a pocket veto, <laughs> okay. right? It goes back to the Congress okay. without, a, without a signature. And they claim there's no risk of rejection and no pressure on your partner. If only one of you tap, nothing happens. Okay. Pretty good, right? Because it's the fear of rejection. You don't want to say, hey, do you want to make love? And no, and then you feel like a dummy, right? Okay, except that you're a married couple and like you, you should be. Be able, able to, to deal like, with that. Okay, prospect, but go on. Right? Um, I mean, my question really is: What if like the cat hits it or something <laughs> falls off? It? it could create such a like threes company style miscommunication or a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It's basically threes company. Okay, so the best part about this website: this is a Kickstarter. So okay. not to get ahead of ourselves, but they are overfunded now. There's still 30 days left. So. Definitely, this is going to be made. Okay, excess demand. So the best part about this website are the FAQs, the frequently asked questions. So I'm going to give you three of them because they will answer all the questions you have. Number one: Does this replace foreplay? Answer. Though LoveSync will significantly reduce the number of failed foreplay attempts at trying to find out if your partner is, quote, in the mood, foreplay itself is an important physiological and psychological aspect of healthy sex. Foreplay can still be effective when your partner is in the, quote, disinclination level of the desire spectrum. 
So basically what it's saying is that, you know, you if your partner isn't in the mood, this will like a Skinner box. It'll like deliver a shock to them and make them more inclined. Okay. Um, which it seems like it would make me less inclined. But it doesn't answer the question of what happens if your partner is not in an area of the home where to see this. Uh, no, no, we'll get to, we'll okay. get to that. <laughs> Next question. What do I tell my kids the buttons are for? Because uh-huh. these buttons just pop up, right? We don't encourage lying, but you don't need to be too specific. Something like this will usually suffice. You know how sometimes we can't agree on things? These help us figure out when we are in agreement on something. That's very vague. That's very vague. I think kids, would, they would be suspicious It raises more questions than, than it answers. answers. It's yeah. terrible. And the last question is, why does it have cords and it's not wireless? And the answer is that we wanted to make sure that the buttons never had a dead battery and that your desire messages would be reliably synced up at all, capital all times. The absolute most reliable way of accomplishing these things is with a wired connection. Having them wired also ensures they aren't easily misplaced. Or hacked. Or hacked. <laughs> there could be an orgy, an inadvertent orgy. <laughs> um, and to answer your question, they do have that on the FAQs, what happens if it's not in the right room. That's why you have a window. Right, so the beep goes off or whatever. There's a 30 minute window of opportunity. But Brian, it's not like you need to leap for the button, and or are you 30 minutes. I've spent a lot of time in different rooms, <laughs> like, and I don't necessarily visit every room every minute. <laughs> I would miss the window every time. It needs like a loud alarm. This is not. I I don't think this, this is, is not is a right marketable for, product. This is not a good product. This is not for married couples. This should be for people who are on Tinder dates. Yeah, but then you're not going to have – that's what Tinder is. Like, you think everyone should have a button and, like, you're just sitting there and it goes – I think it should be a button and, like, it's connected to a fax machine that spits out a contract. <laughs> the informed consent contract. Yes. Okay, no, no, no to this sex link button sex thing. Buttons, sex no. buttons, no. Um, staying with the Valentine's theme, there are so many dating and hookup apps. You know, romance is fueled by technology. There's Tinder, Hinge, Bubble, Bumble, Grindr. Um, Rachel, have you heard of Tutter? Tutter? No. Tutter. No, I haven't. But I'm not really like on the. No, it's Tinder for cows. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Tutter. Tinder for utters. (laughs) The premise is so simple, you're going to kick yourself that you never thought of it. Um, It's for farmers. Uh I mean, the cows can't use it, maybe with their nose or something, (laughs) their (laughs) Their hooves. Uh, the farmers swipe through the photos, and it's both subjective and objective. The objective is it has valuable data on matters like milk yield okay. and protein content. Okay. So protein is like, you know, put your cow on tutter and to see if he's ready to be slaughtered or not. And uh, But then there's also the... <laughs> It's also romantic. It really is like the ultimate like praying mantis Tinder. Um, <laughs> and then there's the qualitative, which is these photos could be very heartwarming. One of the farmers who used it says, there's nothing better than seeing an animal in its home, its natural habitat, rather than putting it on a lorry. This is in England. If someone rings up and wants to come and have a look or even getting it from the picture, it's really ideal from that respect. Because there's some things you just can't tell. That's the problem with Tinder and these dating apps. You really can't tell. Right. Just from their protein content to their milk production. How is peeing on an app in their natural (laughs) setting? (laughs) Like swipe up? They're candid, like Instagram photos. Oh, great. No filter. Hashtag no filter. 
Okay, so you're not going to be using Tutter. <laughs> I will not be using Tutter, but you know what? Um, I, I recommend don't know. Maybe it. Maybe Michael Cohen will use it. Maybe someone will be hit by Moopid's arrow. <laughs> okay. Whoa, no. no, to Tutter. Okay, let's keep going with the love and romance. It's good to know that um, even with technology, there's still some good old human romance. Do you remember Dina Lohan? How uh, could I forget Dina Lohan, Lindsay's mom? That's right. There is good news. She is engaged. <laughs> I've been th- I've been sleepless. Why is nobody talking about this? <laughs> well, we're here to uncover the stories that nobody else is talking about. <laughs> Dina Lohan is engaged. Now, why should you care? Okay. Uh, because it's a very unique situation. The problem with Dina Lohan is um, she's engaged, but she's never met the guy. Uh, and that happens. And we learned about this as we learn about all big news on Celebrity Big Brother, where she was talking to her castmates or housemates like uh, Candy Burris uh-huh. of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And she says, I can't wait to tell you about this guy. I've been talking to him for five years. You've been talking to him for yes, five years? like every okay. day, a lot. I feel like I know him. So she feels like she knows him. So why are they only talking on the phone? Why have they never met? The reason is because he moved to San Francisco to take care of his mother. Let's go another level deeper. Um, she defends this by saying it's personal. He's real. I swear it's crazy, but I'm going to marry him. It's really, really true. I even talked to his ma. Um, and then one of the other castmates says, well, have you even FaceTimed him? And she says no, and it's because he doesn't have an iPhone. Okay. okay. He's catfishing her. Clearly, he's clearly in prison. Right? <laughs> he's catfishing her. That's he's what probably... they all said. But she swears no. She is very sophisticated when it comes to popular culture. That's why she gave birth to Lindsay Lohan. I that think phenomenon. he's a cow on the app. <laughs> <laughs> She would have done much better. So that's a quickie. But no, Dina Lohan, I could not comment on Dina, this. Dina. She's our finest living. You can do so much better than I a, don't know. Can she? I, I think either. She someone should either, who has. She should either marry a cow an or an iPhone. inmate or anyone. <laughs> anyone. Well, he's on Android. That's pretty basic. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I think you can still Google Hangout or Google Skype or Skype. something. Yeah. In <laughs> five <laughs> years, they haven't figured out a solution? I don't think you get that in prison. Okay, no, Dina Lohan. Nope, nope, no. No, shut it down. No. I have one more item on this theme. The ultimate consummation of love is, of course, consummation. Yes. Actually having a baby, yielding a baby. Yes, um, an earthly a, delight. It's a beautiful thing, except if your child is an ungrateful child, mm-hmm. a really ungrateful child. So this is a story of a 27-year-old man and a businessman in Mumbai whose name is Rafael Samuel, and he is suing his parents for giving birth to him. Okay. That is ungrateful. Well, maybe um, he claims that he, he claims that he are. did not give consent to be born. Well, and his claim, what damages? He says, "quote We should be paid for the rest <laughs> of our lives to live." But, okay, so how would that even be possible? Okay, well, it goes deeper. It's very, very sensible. He believes in a movement called antinatalism, and he says life is so full of misery that people should stop procreating immediately. Um, he would phase out humanity on Earth. Uh-huh. This is just an insane act. <laughs> and here's his quote. He said, there's no point to humanity. So many people are suffering. If humanity is instinct, Earth and animals would be happier. They'll certainly be better off. Also, no human will suffer. Human existence is totally pointless. Is his lawyer a cow? <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> but his parents that he's suing are lawyers also. <laughs> so he really... How does he... How is he does he have standing to bring a case? That's like, right. what, what, what attorney is like? And also, isn't like, he arguing against himself? Like, I, I mean, he wouldn't be born, but he's saying people would be better off if there were no people. This is circular logic. This is like snake eating its own tail. No, again, yet again, there's so many snakes. That's a feast here. One final item about this. So he has been uh, uh, pushing this line for a while. A year ago, he created a Facebook page. Um, under an assumed name, and it had images of him with a huge fake beard and eye mask, mm-hmm. of course, because okay. that's what you do, not? right? And it has messages like, your parents had you instead of a toy or a dog. You owe them nothing. You are their entertainment. Oh he God. is the most fucking ungrateful person. What an ingrate. What a- <laughs> he's, he's been naughty. He shouldn't get anything for Christmas or Diwali. I or hope they whatever. took him out of their will. I hope they kill him. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you don't want to be alive here. I'll take care of that. Just disown him. Just yeah. be like, okay. Or just meet him in court. They're lawyers. Yeah. It, this seems like it should be a pretty easy Open case. Open and to shut lawyer. case. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it to the Southern District. <laughs> okay. Lock him up with no, Michael this is Cohen. Insane. I can't okay. even believe this is proceeding. No, no. no. Love. Our love package has been a dismal failure. Shut it down. Shut it down. No. no. Okay, Rachel, now we have a very special guest whom you know. I'll let you introduce her. Yes. Well, it's New York Fashion Week, and I could think of nobody better to address this topic with us than Christina Binkley, who's my friend and former colleague at the Wall Street Journal. Um, Christine is the author of a New York Times bestselling book called Winner Takes All. We'll link to it in the show notes. What's it about? What's it about? It's, um, it's about... Steve Wynn and the gambling industry. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yes. Um, And she covers the fashion industry for The New Yorker, WSJ Magazine, various other publications. And um, we've spent many seasons cavorting through Europe, going to fashion shows. But I haven't seen her in a long time. So welcome Welcome. to know. I am so so glad to be here. You're a fan of the show too. I am a fan of every week. That's our favorite kind of guest. Okay, Rachel, we have a lot to talk about. It is New York Fashion Week. Yes. um, So you're here for the shows, and you were out recently and had a boots-on-the-ground experience that mixed Fashion Week with the Mueller investigation, and we must must hear more. (laughs) I have to tell you, this was my greatest celebrity sighting ever. Ever? And I live in L.A., I have celebrities so live down the street from me. This into... was so much more exciting. Yes. So I'm sitting. So there's this restaurant that just opened up at Saks Fifth Avenue, and this is its debut week. So it started. It opened on Monday, and by Wednesday, when I was there, it was no, hold on. When I was when I was there, I was there f- Saturday night. Boy, Fashion Week goes fast. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't even um, know what day it is anymore? Um, that happens. Yeah, as I you know. remember. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm I'm there at dinner, and the room is swirling. They have. They have orchestrated something very smart there. I mean, it really is a pretty, it's like a, a hubbubby restaurant of chic New York right now. Sweet. There I'm were tons sorry. of fashion people there, yeah. and then tons, and they were mixing with just regular, really, really rich, successful as Wall Street happens, people. Right. As happens, this is like a rarely. very good insight into New York City. Well, we t- eventually, we took our table and sat down in this place that is, by the way, an exact replica of Lavenue in Paris, okay. down to the menu, every single menu item. Um, and, uh, and I look over, and sitting at the cr- table across from me is the founder of Business of Fashion, and he's with a group of people. And so I was like, oh, there's oh, Imran. Imran yeah. yeah. And then I look over to the next table beyond Imran, and it's this, like, really familiar face. I'm like, who is that? Is that? And then it dawns on me, 
It's Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen. Cohen. That just, fashion icon. Just out and about, you know, his... Uh, Isn't he, like, under arrest? Isn't he in jail? Well, like, waiting... He's waiting to go to jail next month, and he was supposed to testify before Congress, but it was postponed. Did they let him out? Is he a flight he's risk? At, I mean, he's... He was with friends. <laughs> it was like, two men, I mean, two, two, two women. I assume one of them was his wife, the one with her back to me, so I couldn't see her face, and another guy... But isn't this whole thing that he can't afford his defense and there's like a, a, like a, a Kickstarter, there's a GoFundMe to get him? And here so he is, is at Lavenue, living his best life. <laughs> well, I will say that I then spoke to somebody who is involved with the restaurant who told me that he was also there two nights earlier. Oh. So this was his second trip this to Lavenue. This is fundraising. This is how he is raising funds for his legal defense. He figures that it's not going to come from a thousand people giving a nickel each. It's going to come from one of his rich friends sort of writing him a $20 million check, right? I'm sure. And they're not going to do that if he's hiding out in a cave somewhere. They want to see him out and about. That's the way the world works. The thing that I noticed, so you, you like, covertly took a photograph of him, which reminded me (laughs) of, like, my yup of last week when Marley Matlin spotted Roger Stone at the manicurist, (laughs) but you had a similar angle, and there's there's Michael Cohen. and I being surreptitious. (laughs) Very good. Very sneaky. And he was wearing this plaid jacket that he had worn he's repeating outfits in the middle oh, of fashion that's the week worst that's disgusting crime. that's a, that's oh a worse crime than, than lying to congress <laughs> and this jacket is a fashion disaster it's like purple with plaid and someone found it um and it costs like thousands of dollars this jacket that he's wearing but he lost his paunch because i guess he's been kind of anxious and he can now button it because oh. the last time he was photographed in it outside of the regency after he was indicted you have to look good if you're going in he couldn't button it. Yeah. this is why we need you rachel uh, okay, honestly no. i was so excited just to see him i noticed none of that okay <laughs> never mind crimes against the republic never mind crimes against congress crimes against fashion are unforgivable no no no, no shut it down no no okay i'm going to intervene here i know nothing about fashion i've never been to a fa- well actually i went to some uh, little shows with you yes. uh, once but uh, for the most part i know nothing about fashion but what i do know is what people wear around me. And I notice these things, you know, and there's this one guy that's sort of in my business world. And um, I'm always very attracted to him. And he's sort of tall and thin and wears these sort of loose, clingy white t-shirts. And he's just perfection. Okay. And then one day last week, I saw him for the first time and he was wearing a thick black turtleneck. And it was a complete boner killer. This guy (laughs) (laughs) looked Terrible. He looked like just a. Uh, normally, he like walks around. He has this. He's like a swan, like Robert Mueller. He's like a swan like walking a, around, what? and he has this. Robert he has this prominent Adam's apple, and now all of this was covered up with a black turtleneck, and and uh, you know, he looked like just a head floating on a body, like behind a green screen. How, it was terrible. I have some questions. Yes. How thick are we talking? Because I like a man in a turtleneck. It's very Steve Jobs. I don't know. He wouldn't let me. I tried to go and touch it and he sort of backed away. (laughs) I can't imagine why. (laughs) But it was thick enough that it looked like... It it, it hid his beautiful physique. Let's put it that way. So my question to these two fashion experts here is, are turtlenecks coming back? Are they ever okay? Um, and Christina, this is a uh, loaded question because when you walked in, <laughs> she was yeah, wearing, much to my horror, I was wearing. <laughs> you were wearing a black turtleneck. 
<laughs> so I guess this is a loaded question for you guys, but what is your take on turtlenecks? I mean, I think they're always amazing. I always. I do too, especially black, like the one that he was wearing. It's so chic. Really? How about the ones that like droop a little? Is that more of a women's fashion thing? You know, so you'd, maybe, maybe you would get the Adam's apple oh, that yeah. way. And so it would basically, save the... all you wanted to see from this guy was his Adam's apple. I think so. Upon retrospect. I don't think we're talking zone? about fashion here. <laughs> That's a new ero- erogenous zone. <laughs> yeah. like maybe he could have had a cutout. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just sort of bobbing. Like a bobbing <laughs> Adam's apple? The bobbing apple sweater, they could call it. Absolutely. And then, okay, so what about the mock turtleneck, though, the Steve Jobs? That, to me, just screams 90s like oversized yeah i don't think i don't go for that no i don't think that's that's it but a high turtleneck well there's been another high. we may talk about this later yes. but there's been some other turtlenecks in, in the news, in the news. lately <laughs> with <laughs> cutouts even we so really we should... have our fingers on the adam's apple of the turtleneck <laughs> so i'm going to invoke executive privilege here and say okay you may be for the full turtleneck but can we all agree that the mock turtlenecks are a nope yep yes. I can give that no a no, 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 no to mock, mock turtlenecks okay go and full turtle or no turtle and for me no regular <laughs> turtlenecks either i don't want to see them rachel other turtlenecks in the news <laughs> So, yeah, so there's been a lot of um, talk in the news, unfortunately, about blackface and lots of politicians in Virginia who have been caught, like, in blackface from the 80s, and it's it's just fucking terrible. But then Gucci, the finest fashion label of our day, got caught up in this uh, maelstrom, is that how you pronounce it, of of, uh, blackface, because there was... um, there was a turtleneck on the runway. And I think another scandal about this turtleneck is that it was selling for $820. Don't people, I know we're living in a time of like billionaires, but like, don't people have better things was to spend their money Was the neck like on? a premium? Was it like a normal $300 garment? And then the turtleneck was an extra $500 add on? No, let no, Christina the Gucci was the it. extra $500. Okay. <laughs> the label, it's sewn inside. You'd like to get that Gucci. at JCPenney for $29. <laughs> But, you couldn't really. But yeah, but maybe more scandalous than the price tag was just how it looked. I'll, I'll let you, Christina, describe this garment. Well, it was actually, I mean, you know, I will say in another color, you might actually credit it with something creative. But it was, so it's a black turtleneck. It was shown in the photographs that we all first saw sort of pulled up completely. So uh, covering all the way up over the nose, I oh, think. Oh, how do you breathe? And, um, well, you hold your breath for a minute while they take the photograph. And then you wear your <laughs> Normally, they don't even know what there's. So, and then there was like on the neck, there was a cutout for the mouth. You breathe through your mouth. Yes, that's what you do, Brian. Right. And um, and then these huge red lips encircling the cutout. Okay. And so, it so it you stick your lips like... through it like a like fish lips. In the photograph, I don't even remember seeing the model's lips, because, but you wouldn't notice it because this crimson lips okay. that are sewn into the knit of the fabric. Right? Oh, I so, see. It's part of the garment. It's, it's part of the garment, your yeah. Lips so that as, are as though you, um, as though you were, what do you call those balaclava? Those things you wear it's when like you go a skiing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when it's sure. really, really cold yeah. and you just have a ninja hole mask. for your mouth. Yeah. So yes, exactly. It was like a ninja mask for the lower half of your face, but the red lips were the thing that just like any any American, I would think, that isn't from Virginia. Would totally <laughs> okay. notice. So you bury the lead. This is it's a problem. Black. So it's, yeah. black. it's a black turtleneck. Yes. It's, it's a black, black turtleneck. Oh, did I? I did. Yeah, she said that. Yes. <laughs> with, with bright red lips. Yes. <laughs> Out over so it. So it was sort of like the, a black face. 
It was a black face turtleneck. Yes. To anybody who saw it presented the way we saw it presented last week. But then after all the hullabaloo blew out and it exploded, I went back and looked at the runway where this thing was on the runway in September. Oh, in September. And nobody thought it was a big deal. Well, I mean, Gucci runways are a little busy. Like everything's layered on, like, so you didn't just see. Yeah, there's like severed heads. There's all (laughs) sorts of. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Everything. You You never know what you're seeing, like feather headdress on top of the balaclava. So, but also they were in a zillion different colors. Okay, and they also weren't all turtlenecks that came up. They were like they had they did it in a hat version where the the cutouts were for the eyes oh. instead of for the mouth. So it wasn't it the was full face in any pink. one garment, but if you sort of wore them all on top of each other, You'd it would be complete toasty blackface. warm and, <laughs> and incomplete blackface. Yes. So who is the creative director of Gucci? I don't know these things. Um, Alessandro Michele. Okay, yes. so he cannot run for governor of Virginia. No, he for cannot. many reasons, <laughs> or lieutenant governor, or speaker of the Virginia Assembly. Now how. How do you think these people thought this was okay even before the the blackface scandal? Do they not have like black people in Italy? Well, I I just feel like if you look to they never had black recent face. history, right? Like I mean, all of these brands we we've talked about the Dolce and Gabbana scandal with the Chinese um, show that they were supposed to put on, and then there was the, the keychains key that were like. Blackface monkeys, monkeys, monkeys. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. And now there's this Gucci blackface sweater. And what do these three labels all have in common? So do you think they're clues? Milan, or you think Milan? They're all Milan. Oh, Milan, yeah. Milan the racist capital well, of they're northern just Italy. In a, they're in a bubble. They're not seeking diverse do perspectives or how my translate. Do you think they don't know or they don't care? I think DNG didn't care. I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I don't know. You've had a you, Christina. You've I had, had some a, conversations with Italians about this issue. I did. I I heard from somebody, an Italian journalist that I know, um, who was DMing me. He didn't want to say. He knows enough not to say this publicly on Twitter. He was direct messaging me. But he, we had this long conversation that went on for like two days. And he was saying that the people that he speaks to in the fashion industry in Italy think that Americans are all way oversensitive, and we ought to get over this PC stuff, which. It you know easy for him to say. Yeah. Well, precisely. Plus, they you want, they're dying to sell their products in this country, so they need to understand the sensibilities of this country. Even if you think, even if these are truly only our sensibilities. And yeah, the marketplace has spoken completely. Like, pack completely. your knives and go. <laughs> pack your blackface and go back to Milan. No, no, great food, terrible politics. Yeah, hire someone who hire has a sensitivity a trainer from the U.S. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a, a, a cultural any human translator. Be- no, any <laughs> human being from America who's not from Virginia. No, <laughs> yeah. just shut this down. No, 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 no. no, no. Now, there are other sensitivities that um, we toe the line right up to in fashion. Um, yes, so there's certain... Um, I don't know, appendages or <laughs> accessories. There are controversies here. I know where we're going with this, right? So there's continuously a thing about breast pumping, right? Women should be able to pump where they need to. They need to be provided with facilities so that they can do it in private. Or if you choose to do it in public or semi-public, we should be it's sensitive to that. It's not a scandal. That. That's right. right. However. <laughs> that being said. Okay. Um, Christina, you mentioned you observed something at the Jeremy Scott fashion show that um, I think needs to was be a bridge I did. Was it a was bridge a bridge too far. It was a a bridge too hilarious. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay, so I to set the scene, it is a crazy scene, the Jeremy Scott fashion show. Yes. This is not, I mean, fashion is crazy anyway, and then this takes it on steroids three levels higher. Right, so, he's not known for, like, wearable <clears throat> things. 
He's not, I mean, they're kind of cartoon, he's loved for that. Like, yeah. you know, he, he's a very pop culture and then taking it off. And you could write dissertations about his meaning behind it. But most people aren't the dissertation type and they just take it face value. I'm going to get as weird as possible. And, and so you kind of go in there expecting to see something crazy. But I looked across the aisle for me and saw a woman posing for photographs with this black top that had a closed little flap across each nipple. And out from that, Kate were two breast pump things. She was two not, breast pump two, things. One on each okay. nipple. Yes, like, that's you know, unusual. In the she was not pumping. I mean, my first thing I was like, "Oh my god, is there milk?" I'm in not. There? I'm not an no. expert at at breast pumping, but you usually do one at a time. Is that correct? No, you can do two. No, you oh, do okay. both. You can do okay. two. Yeah, yeah. it's see faster. I, see what you I just know. get it okay. over and yeah. go on to the next thing you have that day. Um, <laughs> but she wasn't pumping. She did have the little pump in her hand, but it wasn't even. Mo- I mean, if a breast pump is going, it makes this weird sucking a sound. Whirring noise. Yeah, it's not like nothing. Mechanical was so going on. It wasn't on. the soundtrack. There no, was no, no soundtrack nothing. Of she was just pump. cheerfully posing for pictures with these things, like wiggling around. So totally this was empty. a fashion statement. This she was did her not look. look to me like she has. To. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess she's not a mother. She was very young, and um, her whole outfit just looked like I want attention. So, so that's she the was ult- posing to be chosen, basically. <laughs> yeah, and she I was chosen. Terry so it was successful. Yeah. So Although, this is a, this it is, hasn't made it to my Twitter feed, so I don't know how. Successful well, this is it was. the ultimate Insta thirsty, so thirst, to speak. Insta <laughs> word. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Insta thirsty without the thirst, without like the liquid. She was at home, like, what can I wear to the Jeremy Scott show? To get photographed. And well, she's did you, like, do you think she cut the the little flap? No, no, it or looked the... like because it was knit. Oh, so it had to have it was a been custom it was like garment. a corsety kind of thing. Oh, well, so I, there was some a forethought in this. There are there is a like a company that makes these like it's almost like a corset with a velcro, and it's called a hands free breast pump thing. And I had one, and the thing about it was that like it came in this package that showed a cartoon of a woman sitting like in an office, like pumping, like behind a computer. And I was like, okay, excuse me, <laughs> what woman is going to be at her computer? Like I could see maybe watching TV or texting someone, but having gone through the process of pumping, no, you're not. But regardless, be in your it's office. a prerequisite that it's turned on or that you're actually lactating. Yeah, this is right. not a fa- is, acceptable fashion. I have to say, as a woman who has had a breast pump and gone through that with my children, I was like, don't make light of that. That is not an easy thing to go through, and it's not something to to like toy with. We need to we need more respect for women right. who are going out and doing these things. If okay. you're going to wear like, it to a fashion show, you should actually be lacked. Okay, yes. so as a man, so. as yes. a man, exactly. I feel unqualified to weigh in on this, but we have two mothers here, <laughs> so I will let you determine yep or no, Pierre. Is, <laughs> no, no, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. It, that shit better be on and pumping. And milk coming out. That. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so verdict is not no. erotic. Not Rachel, what is erotic nowadays? What is erotic? Well, I wasn't sure. Adam's apples. (laughs) Besides Adam's apples, I was watching the Grammys last night, and it seemed as though there's a new erotic zone, and it is like the women's breastplates. Like they wear thorax, like the The xiphoid process. Yes, like (laughs) every. We're learning about anatomy. Remember when you did yeah. uh, CPR training in like health? They were like, you know, firmly press on the xiphoid process. No, I forgot about <laughs> that. That only happened in Port Washington. Is that right here? Yeah, it's like okay. where you're, yeah. But see, all of this stuff is not low enough. 
Oh, it you goes lower go than that? The, okay, yeah, so this is plunging necklines? Plunging necklines, but plunging so low that it's almost to the, like, nether region. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And uh, everybody was wearing them. Who were some of the examples? Um, well, Alicia Keys, who was the lovely the host. BB right? um, Rexa was wearing it. Ev- everyone was wearing it. I feel it. like you would have to list the people who weren't wearing it. Weren't wearing that would be easier. It. Yeah, it's basically everybody was wearing it. Okay. It's, it's almost... So in some sense, it's the opposite of the turtleneck. So instead of hiding your neck, you're moving it down and down and down and down until you get to the next set of hair. <laughs> That's right. And then you have to have obvious tape on the sides to hold it Yeah, in what, place, what happens right? to the boobs in this scenario? Are you they unleashed? Of, you, you, you see lots of, I don't know, center boob? Center middle boob. Middle boob? Middle what do you boob. call that? Inner, like, inner, inner side yes, boob. It's inner side, yeah. It's the, <laughs> inner boob. Well, Jennifer inner Lopez, boob. who performed last night, was sort of also wearing, she had like Well, a, that was her famous look from like 2001. That was her Versace dress. And she did like backflip. In it. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Now that sounds very sounds very unfortunate. However, I would like to make an endorsement and wish that men would wear that because I think that would be very sexy. Adam's apple all the way down. Except unfortunately the male fashion trend seems to be going in the other direction. Not just the uh the turtlenecks, but they are now on the runways, including some of my favorite men in entertainment, wearing harnesses. They are wearing harnesses. So, um, you know, th- it's award season, and there are a lot of stars and starlets on the red carpet, and two of the biggest male young stars, Michael B. Jordan and Timothée Chalamet, have been caught in <laughs> harnesses. <laughs> you never know when you might Literally. have to go bungee jumping <laughs> off, the, off the red carpet or the runway. You must always be prepared. Now for... it's sticking. It's becoming part of their identity. There was a piece, I think, in the Times this weekend about celebrities who were flying coach and mm-hmm. Timothée was in the center seat of coach and this girl next to him, you know, finally after an hour in the flight, you know, finally worked up the courage to speak to him and he was saying nobody actually recognized him, which is great. And the Times, in the description of who Timothée was, said... Only two things about him, only two identifiers. Number one, that he's Academy Award nominated, and number two, that he is now a famous harness wearer. <laughs> a famous harness wearer. <laughs> yes. He was. yes. Well, he was the first, right? Yes. And I think he, <laughs> he pulled it off. I think he pulled it off. You think? And it was... If you have to pull he off He could pull anything like, off. Just watch true. in 10 years. He's not going to pull anything off. But so yeah. it was Louis Vuitton. It was like um, Virgil Abloh's collection, right. right? Right. And so, and that was Michael B. Jordan was wearing that too. Oh, was his too Vuitton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because so, his was different his and was worn like, awkwardly. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, it was sort of like not fastened correctly. It's yeah, like buckle something. up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So the final word. I'm this one. I am qualified to talk about the harnesses. No, <laughs> they can pull it off. I want to pull it off. For all kinds of reasons, and the erotic rib cage should not be a thing. I'm sorry. No to that as well. Do you agree, guys? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes and too- no. Oh, no. Shut it down. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. This has been a fantastic segment about fashion. I'm coming back anytime. Thank you. When's Paris? It's Can we come to up. Paris? Should we do weeks. a Paris show? Oh, I totally, oh, yeah. Pack are, your bags. Are you on your way? Like, is no, I'm going back to L.A. And then you're going to go to Paris I have Milan to, or just Paris? I'm gonna, I have to miss it this season for another obligation. 
Okay, oh, but okay. Rachel, notwithstanding that, I think we should pack our bags, sit in the middle seat in coach, hope that we sit next to Timothée, and uh, head off to a live show in Paris. I think so, too. And I think we should bring our harnesses, because you never know when you <laughs> may need to be tethered to something. Well, it's just the, it's the garment of our times, really. It is, really. Okay. I agree with you. It is, actually. I think we may need them sooner We're than we think. floating Maybe we, we should have given that a yup. <laughs> I don't know. Fashion, no. No, no. shut it down. Okay, Rachel, so now's the time for our yups. This is what people like the most. They wait around. It's the only reason they listen to the whole podcast. Rachel, what is your yup this the week? The only reason why people even speak to us. So um, when uh, Christina was here, we were talking about Gucci and the blackface turtleneck. And, you know, I, I feel like... Really moments ago, <laughs> people really, were listening. Yes, it seemed <laughs> like moments ago. A few days ago for us, but yes. But um, so often in these situations, executives, when called to account, they deny, they deflect. Like Ralph, Ralph they, Northam. Yes. They and change they, their they, story. They change their story. They dance. They do anything <laughs> they can to get out Shuck of the situation. And, jive. <laughs> and I really do like to see when people own their own shit and take action. And that's exactly what happened with Marco Bizzari, who is the CEO of Gucci. Okay. And he sent out a memo and spoke to the press and apologized for this and said that they were very incentive insensitive and they're announcing a full program of scholarships in major cities around the world and assembling a a board a community board to develop a constructive and appropriate framework to diversity Nothing says contrition and, like a community board <laughs> going to get a lot of shit done they want to <laughs> well they're going to do pay them in, in turtlenecks well like what we said was like just seek some diverse perspectives if anyone saw that okay, turtleneck okay okay i well, mean it's better than nothing it's better I guess, than but... nothing it's owning it it's tr- they're trying to fix it okay. and making an effort i have a better yeah okay <laughs> it's better it's more culturally relevant so i know i do a lot of netflix shows but i watched the third season of one day at a time oh, which yeah. is a reboot of the norman lear 70s one so yes. at the time it was very progressive it was a single mom and her two daughters uh mackenzie phillips and uh, valerie bertinelli and the janitor schneider and there was like one big muddling through one day at a time and they rebooted it with a Cuban family in L.A. And like Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno's the grandmother. It's just like, you know, strong family, tackles a lot of social issues. And it's very old school. It has a laugh track. Every, like, episode has, like, a moral like they used to. But somehow they make it modern and it is just delectable. They're, like, you know, under half hour episodes and you just gobble them up like any good binge. So even if you're too young to remember the original One Day at a Time, this stands on its own merits. I highly recommend it. Okay. All right. So that's the end of this uh, podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We are getting such good feedback, especially our guests. When we have guests like Christina, the ratings just go through the roof. People go crazy. Yes. So anyway, if you like this podcast, please tweet about us, post about us, write us ratings, reviews, five star subscription. Only. only five star. If not, go away. Um, <laughs> please, most importantly, tell your friends. Tell That's your friends. how the word gets out. Turn to out. your left. Turn to your right. Sachet, chante. All right. So uh, uh, it's been a terrible, terrible week. Really fun week to do the podcast, though. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend, we got a lot in common We can talk about nothing Shoot the shit, we got shit